80s brats, 90s kids, and early otters. It's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. I'm Sam. I'm Rachel. And together we are a real-life married couple with a little bit of an age difference. That is correct. (laughs) That's right. Uh, 12 years separates us. And Rachel, I just found out that means we have the same Chinese zodiac sign. Oh, if that's not romance, I don't know what is. (laughs) Yeah, we're both (laughs) the year of the goat or sheep. I don't know if those are different years or not. So you didn't learn that much. I actually looked at a, a a bin of buttons for the Chinese Zodiac. A button bin? A button bin for Chinese Zodiac. And it just had the years on them, and I noticed our birth years. So Aww. it's more like I absorbed through osmosis this information more than I learned anything. Great. All right, so this is Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Sam's mad at me now. Uh, and we like to learn about each other through pop culture topics right we don't ask each other direct questions we make each other watch dumb movies and that's how we learn about each other Yeah, we don't go to therapy no No. we make each other listen to full albums of terrible old bands (laughs) yeah that's right (laughs) this week is no exception we've got two doozies uh we've got Teen Wolf. Rachel, tell us a little bit about Teen Wolf, If for those who haven't seen the classic. Oh, thank you for calling it a classic, Sam. Yeah. Teen Wolf is a classic 80s high school movie starring the one and only Michael J. Fox, and it's about a boy who finds out his family's secret, which is that they are part human, part wolf, and you'd think from that description that it was maybe a horror movie but it's actually more of like a sports comedy or maybe even a romantic sports comedy wow yeah yeah. and what's your topic (laughs) i like how you said they were half man half wolf but you didn't use the term werewolf but it doesn't seem like it's attached all right we'll get into it sorry i'm getting into it too much here (laughs) uh and on my side we are talking about the lovable dog sports classic air bud Disney's 1997's Air Bud, a movie about a dog that plays basketball. End of story. Not a lot to talk about. Dog plays basketball. Print it. Roll it. You show me the rule where it says a movie can't just be about a dog playing basketball. And I don't want to watch that movie. Well, there was a time way back when, a whole week ago, where we didn't know this much about each other's topics or even much about our own. No, (laughs) that's fair. Yeah, (laughs) That's a segment we like to call In the Dark. So why don't we check in with past Sam and Rachel? All right. Click. Oh, it's so spooky in here. It's very so spooky in here. It is so spooky. It's like a mystery. And you know why that is? Why, Rachel? Because I am in the dark. And so are you, Sam. Oh, that's right. It is time for In the Dark, where Sam and Rachel fill each other in. No, wait. No. That's not what we do. Oh, God. <laughs> wait, I'm really Turn in the, the lights dark. on. Okay. Turn the lights yeah, on. Yeah, I got to be able to read this script Turn here. Turn the lights on. It is time for In the Dark, where Sam and Rachel interview each other to find out just how much they know about this week's topics. And this week's topics are furry and fun. Ooh. <gasps> yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking Airbud, and we're talking Teen Wolf. Ow, ow, ow. Four syllables, two movies. Two hearts, one (laughs) marriage. All right, Sam. Yes. What do you know about Teen Wolf? I wrote a dissertation on Teen Wolf. Mm -hmm. I I know I've seen the movie. It made an impression on me. When I was a a teenage boy, 
watching a young Michael J. Fox experience uh, a lot of sudden hair growth mm. all, all of a sudden, and then his father being like, it just kind of runs in the family. You're just going to have to get used to it. Mm. Kind of uh, as a bearded teenager, uh, it it kind of scared me, the idea that I was an inch away from becoming a wolf. So it sounds like your take on the movie is... It's it a, could be anyone. It's about <laughs> a teenager who's cursed with hair. Yeah, I yeah. think that that is what this movie shows us. Yep. And how living with having too much hair can be its own blessing. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay, cool. It, what genre of movie is Teen Wolf? What a great question. Uh, teenager? Teenage fantasy, really. Mm-hmm. Like, um, So it's, it's like sci-fi? <laughs> well, it's not scary. It's not like a scary werewolf. Mm-hmm. It's just like... Uh, it's in the same genre as, I think it's like a, almost like a rom-com, you know, it's like a, it's like a 13 going on 30 where there's (gasps) just like one magic twist and we see how that, that plays out in the movie. Interesting. So Teen Wolf is a romantic comedy. All right. I like that. I think it's close. Yeah. Okay. Teenage movie. It's actually, you said a romantic comedy fantasy. Yeah. Just how I like it. All right, you seem uh, seem you like very confident. Yeah, well, yeah, I didn't. Um, I've seen the movie, and I don't fear anything on my own podcast. This is my home court advantage. Mm. Yeah. Uh, some scenes I can remember from Teen Wolf might be uh, when he surfs on the car. And he surfs on a car. <laughs> have you? Maybe maybe this should be yours as well. Uh, yeah, no, he surfs I, on a car. No, I'm trying to do the same thing where I'm not telling you if you're right or wrong. Oh, I'm just asking you what you know about the movie. Okay, all right, yeah. Well, he definitely surfs on a car. Okay. Uh, he definitely plays the crap out of some basketball. Ooh. Um, and I oh I remember they do like seven minutes in heaven. And like he changes in there, and like she comes out with a bunch of scratches on her, and they're like, "What'd you do?" I oh think. my god! Yeah. So maybe it's not a rom com. Maybe it's like a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, maybe. All right. Well, we will find out how right you are. Yeah. Or how wrong you are. What about you, Rachel? What What do you know about the classic <laughs> sports film? Air Bud. I almost said Space Jam. And so that's how much I know about this movie. Because in my head, I've definitely never seen it. And in my head, uh, as we learned doing Space Jam last season, both of those movies, I thought they were the same movie, I think, in my head. I just just feel like... People would mention both, and since I had neither, I hadn't seen either one, I was like, I don't know. It's something crazy with basketball. So Mm -hmm. anyway... I think, though, instead of cartoons, it's a do- a dog mm-hmm. playing basketball. Interesting. And I feel like it's a lab, like a lab retriever. Okay. That's what I'm picturing. Okay. Um, uh, audience at home, Sam's giving me no nods, not giving anything away. No. Nope. Uh, I mean, this could be a free willy situation where I'm like, is it animated? Well, I don't think it is. Funny th- that you should bring that up, Rachel, because... We were supposed to have already covered Airbud in season one, but literally just because I read the wrong line of the Google Doc, we did Karate Kid paired with Free Willy. 
mm. where I was meant to when we originally brainstormed to have Karate Kid with Air Bud because they're both sports movies. Ah, yes, you know that makes sense. But we found the intersection <laughs> yeah, as we I, always do. And this one, I think the intersection is already pretty obvious. It's b- 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 basketball. Yeah, I it, um. Yeah, that's pretty much all I think I know. I feel like maybe it could So you also think a have... dog, perhaps a lab or a retriever, plays basketball? Yeah, and I feel like Michael Jordan could even be in it. Okay, you think Michael Jordan is in Air Bud? <laughs> I mean, he's Air Jordan. Why wouldn't he be in Air Bud, right? Yeah. Um, all right. Or like, if it's not Michael Jordan, it could be another famous basketball So what player. do you think the deal with the dog is? Like, how can the dog play basketball? magical like a sprinkle of magical powder yeah there's a lot of that going around in the 90s <laughs> that's my guess all right a sprinkle of magical pow- powder or maybe just like a dog that like he was around you know like growing up the kids would be playing and they'd be like you want to get on this game bud and bud would be like Hoo-hoo. and he would they would just let him so play. wait it was like bud was just around the court Often yeah. <laughs> and they're like, "Hey, how about you take a shot, bud?" Yeah. And how do you imagine? You think it's? Do you think it's animated? No, I don't. Okay. I I learned that the hard way from Space Jam. No, not Space Jam. Free, Free Willy. Willy. <laughs> All right. So you don't think it's animated? So no. what do you picture when you picture a dog playing basketball? I Describe just it. Picture <laughs> like a lab retriever type. Yeah. Flying through the air, ducking it. Oh, I guess maybe he what doesn't is it fly. Using okay. to... I guess he could just use his little snout and like pop it over, pass it around. Yeah. What do you? How does it manipulate the basketball? That's my question. Arms and face, whole body. Whole body. It's using his whole body <laughs> to get that ball. Is in the there hoop. a right answer? I'm just wondering. You haven't seen Air Bud. You think it's about a dog playing basketball? Wait, I'm asking. Is that not what it's about? I'm asking you. How do you picture the dog playing basketball? Well, I said he's sprinkling magical dust, and then he plays. Or he was around the court, and they invited him, and he got practice. Rachel, what what is your cultural understanding of the Air Bud defense or the Air Bud rule? I'm sorry. What now? What do you think people refer to when they said, well, that's kind of like an airbud defense or 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 an airbud rule? Oh, that means that just because you have a dog that plays basketball on your team doesn't mean that he always gets to play. Like he could sit on the bench just like any other player. Right. It's like a humility thing mm-hmm. for you. It's like, look, he's a teammate just like anybody yeah, else. Yeah. Yeah. He's not a teen wolf. All right. Well, who do you picture as the bad guy in Airbud? Oh god. So all I'm picturing is Space Jam stuff. Yeah. So probably Danny DeVito. Okay, great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I think we've got a lot of movies to watch now. We do. And we got a lot of um here's my prediction. Uh we are going to watch many times where a basketball goes, we see someone shoot a basketball and then we cut to a hoop where a basket is being scored. Mm. I'm picturing a lot of that. Mm. And a lot of magical to. dust. Sure. All right. Well, <laughs> back to you. Future, Future Sam, Sam and Rachel. Rachel. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa, we just came out of a dark closet, and I just realized I have some claw marks on my dress. Ooh, yeah. very nice Teen Wolf reference. It is funny, like, what we had right and what we had wrong there. Yeah. 
Um, I, Michael Jordan was nowhere to be found in Airbuzz. It's so, so upsetting. Yeah, yeah. Ugh. He really could have elevated that movie. Thank you. But there was enough star power in that movie, I think, to yeah, get us through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right, so what are we doing first? All right, well, let's do them in chronological order. <laughs> All right, that means Teen Wolf. Ow, ow. All right. By the way, right before we cut to the In the Dark clip, you you commented that, like, it's funny that I just called him a wolf and not a werewolf. And then I was about to say this, but it's you're going to make fun of me. Uh-huh. Okay, which is that, like, about I was about to say, well, what's the difference between a wolf and a werewolf? But then I realized that you were going to make fun of me and a werewolf is like scary fake and a wolf is real. Right. Thank you. <laughs> you just preempted that. You kind of threw yourself under the bus on that, <laughs> no. but you rescued yourself. I just, it was entertaining. Yeah. I just was waiting for you to be like, Ooh, hey. uh, yeah, if you had said, what's the difference between a wolf and a werewolf? I would have said, Too <laughs> well, I stopped myself. All right. All right. Well, you know what? You said romantic comedy fantasy, and I think you were pretty spot on. I know. I feel pretty good about it. It's a little light on the romance. It's more on the kind of like teenage comedy. Yeah, type of thing. Well, but it has a lot of heart in it. It does. And so I'll give a quick little background. Uh, This movie came out in 1985. And one thing that we mentioned in that uh, in the dark clip was we said that we thought this movie came out after Back to the Future. Oh, yeah. Um, They actually came out the same year. I don't know, like, which one was which, but like, basically... Michael J. Fox was famous at this time. Well, he he started to get famous because he was on Family Ties. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, like, the year of 1985 was, like, when, like, while he was filming this movie, he became teen idol status uh, before it was even out in theaters. Mm -hmm. Um, When it first came out, it, not surprisingly, had mixed reviews. (laughs) (laughs) Really? I had I have some really funny uh, uh, reviews uh, quotes here. Uh, Vincent Canby from the New York Times had a bad review of the movie, and he called it "quote aggressively boring." What? I disagree. Now I I get it that the, a movie about a kid becoming a werewolf sounds weird, but we're talking about eighties movies here. Like, yeah. What? What? I mean. Is it Goonies? No, of course. Nothing can be and nothing ever will be. Okay. But it's about a teen wolf. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's pretty cool. All right. This other reviewer, uh, Colin Greenland, was quoted as saying uh, that... Oh, basically, he was saying that the writers and director got must have gotten like anxious that the movie should be very wholesome. Mm. And so in doing that, they forgot that Michael J. Fox was like supposed to be a werewolf and they made him a basketball star instead. <laughs> That's what he said. He was like, there was no werewolf in the movie. There was no. only basketball. No. Which I think is apt. I think that's true. There's only a couple moments in this movie where his like eyes glow red. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like they're like there is kind of this like beware your power theme yeah. in the background of it though. Because like all the actions of the characters really reward the wolf power behavior it's like he becomes a basketball star he becomes very successful he becomes very popular even at the end when the principal's like i've got you now then daddy werewolf comes in and uses his scary werewolf voice to save the day yeah 
I'm glad you mentioned that because uh, I decided to write down what I thought the moral was of both Teen Wolf and Airbud. Oh, interesting. And what I have for Teen Wolf is with great power comes great responsibility. Mm. It's not new. It's not exciting. It's not sexy, but it's what it's it is. It's Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, real quick. So even though it had like mixed reviews, it was actually a commercial success. It, it grossed like over $80 million. Um, but what's funny is the studio wanted to make this script because they were just looking to make a comedy that would cost almost nothing and take very little time to film. That oh, was their goal. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a theme between these two movies is the <laughs> short film time. Really? Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty silly. Um, awesome. Well, uh, I mean, I would say like, you know, what did you think of this movie? But like, I do feel like you seem to have known a pretty decent amount about it beforehand. Yeah. I'll say a couple of the things that surprised me. The number one thing was the character of styles. (laughs) Didn't remember this character existed. He's just the cool guy styles. And he's the one who starts surfing on the van first. Um, and he wears a Hawaiian shirt and he wears shades and people are like, oh, Styles. Yeah, I think Styles is really interesting because he's kind of like a classic 80s character where there isn't really anything special about him, but he just has he has a ton of confidence for some reason. Yeah. That's his thing. Also, have you ever noticed like there's like somebody who's like a social outcast is friends with somebody who's like totally not? I feel like that's really common. Yeah. It made me think of um Ferris Bueller. Yeah. You got Ferris Bueller who's like stud man, cool yeah. guy. Yeah. And then you got Cameron, Cameron who like hates himself. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard the theory that it's like a fight club situation where they're like the same person? I don't know if I have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Ew, interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, like, click, subscribe, and comment on if you agree with that theory. Subscribe to that theory. I don't know what I'm saying. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, well, my personal thoughts, like, I have, like, some fun facts, but, like, my personal thoughts were, like, so for anyone who hasn't seen Teen Wolf, stop this, go watch it, and then come back. No. Uh <laughs> One thing is that, like, he finds out that, like, his family or specifically, like, the men in his family, I guess, are part werewolf. (laughs) And it happens in a puberty-like way and it sort of just comes on. Mm -hmm. Um, What I find really surprising is that this is, like, a very sexual movie and that, like, everyone immediately wants to have sex with a werewolf. Mm. And I'm like, what? Like... He looks insane. Yeah. And everyone just like immediately is like, I want to F a werewolf. It's popularity, I think, is what people are drawn to his magnetism. Everyone wants to party with the wolf and the girls can't help themselves. It's See, see I, I disagree. I feel like it feels like just like pheromones. Like it's just like Whoa. this person is, exists in front of me. There's like a scent coming off and I'm just like, oh, I have to have them right now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And it's like interesting that like. Michael J. Fox is like, he's obviously at first surprised, like, oh no, what's happening to my mm-hmm. body? But then the moment he plays like basketball or whatever, he's just like cocky, confident, werewolf. Like, yeah. boom, the end. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's funny because it's like the girl next door, what's her name? Boof. Boof. <laughs> oh my God. Another huge surprise. <laughs> the Boof. names in this movie are Boof and Styles with a Z. Yeah. 
I, I and we we came up with a couple nickname for them. Do you remember? Yes. The woof and <laughs> the woof and the boof. Boof and the woof. <laughs> I think that's really good. And yeah. So anyway, she uh, makes him go to prom eventually. This is way later in the movie, uh, where she's like, "You have to come as yourself, not the wolf." Mm-hmm. You know. But it's just like weird because it's like he is the wolf. I I just don't know how we're supposed to feel about his him being a wolf it seems i think the issue there in my opinion mm-hmm. is that like this dynamic between him what's his name scott michael j fox whatever yeah. between michael j fox and his best friend slash maybe love interest is like she clearly likes him yep. whoops she clearly likes him and he seems eh? i don't know i can't tell apathetic Mm -hmm. it's not like he's like i only like you as a friend and he's not like i find you gross like he just he has zero opinion on her Mm -hmm. and i think that's a script issue (laughs) yeah you know yeah i don't know yeah it's interesting also like they they don't tie it to the moon like most werewolf things are, right? Like the full moon. That's true. Because there's so many basketball games that that would just be a problem logistically. Like yeah, he only like, plays on full moons or something. It's you know? more um, when he gets upset or like, right? Right. It's, it's emotional. like emotional. I think it was a good choice for the movie, but I was just noting that it deviates from werewolf lore. A totally. Little. Totally. Well, some fun facts about this movie. Yeah. I already mentioned Michael J. Fox became famous during production. Um, the beaver mascot logo, you noticed it. Do you remember what it is? It's the Oregon State Beaver. Yes. Bucky the Beaver. It's like actually the Oregon State University logo, which I, I thought you were saying like, oh, it looks like it. No, it's it like, is. no, it literally I is know. It. I recognize it. Like I have a, I had a, there's a picture of me as a child with Bucky the Beaver sweater on. I just realized I didn't find out where was Team Wolf filmed. Um, I just did a quick googie goog. Actually, we should probably ask Denise, right? Oh, I mean, Denise. Wow. You know, this is, look, we haven't even mentioned this. This is season two. Yeah. Denise has been out of work this whole time. And clearly so have we. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we we should have checked in with Denise, see how she's doing. But Denise, could you look up where Teen Wolf was shot? Um, Great. Great. Cool. Thank you, Denise. Thank you. Uh, another thing. This is. Um, oh, so apparently Michael J. Fox was really bad at basketball. <laughs> what? He only had like two weeks of coaching for like how to play basketball. And then they just realized he was really bad. And they hired this basketball player from Loyola to be his like hoops double. And that's who you see in a lot of the basketball scenes. Mm-hmm. Because like in the full hair and makeup, it could kind of be anyone. All right, but here's the craziest fact I found while researching. Okay. I did not know this. Okay. And we need to go back and watch. Okay. During the final shot of the movie, right before the credits, you can visibly see one of the extras in the stands of the basketball stands with his dick hanging out of his pants. And then he like tucks it back in. And what? uh, Yes. And apparently no one involved with the movie ever noticed it. It's in the final cut. Uh, And no one noticed it until uh, it appeared on like a VH1 show in like 2009 or something. 2010. What? Yeah. So we've got like a Little Mermaid. uh, (laughs) 
This is so much situation. more. This is a real life human <laughs> penis in yeah. Teen Wolf. So we got it. Denise, can you remind us to go get that dick clip? Also, I found out where Teen Wolf was filmed. Oh my god! Sorry, guys. Denise has oh been my under the weather. Sorry. Go ahead. I've been juggling meatballs. <laughs> Denise, juggling meatballs. It's been terrible work. <laughs> I'm so sorry. We've been off for Jeez, so long. Denise, yeah, you didn't have to go that get that desperate. Yeah. With it. Well, what'd you find, Denise? It was filmed. <laughs> In Los Angeles. Wow. How exciting. I guess we could have guessed that, Denise. (laughs) Damn. All right. All right. Well, thanks. Please have a lozenge. Yeah, and, you know, rest those hands. They've been juggling too many meatballs. Yarks. Um, well, so a couple like of my favorite things to talk about, whenever we talk about these, these kinds of generation gap movies and stuff, I got to talk about 80s stuff, right? 80s tropes, whatever. There was a quote in the movie that was, never say die. I thought that was so weird because they say that in the Goonies and they say that in your movie that you love. Sandlot? Sandlot. I don't think they say that in Sandlot. They don't? I thought they say it in both. No, they say, you play ball like a girl. They say... (laughs) That's a classic. (laughs) Forever. All right, we'll have to look that up. Um, Another 80s trope is just like crazy fat shaming uh there is (laughs) like and not only that it's like so over the top like there's a character in this movie whose name is chubby yeah and his locker is filled with food and he's always like (laughs) holding candy or something like the fat shaming in the 80s is always like this is your fault. Like you love food so yeah. much. And it reminds me of like chunk in the Goonies. Sorry. Yeah. I always mention the Goonies, but same. It's like you call your friend chunk. Like it's yeah. horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Um, I will say one of the things I noticed, um, this is one of the few notes I wrote down and I'm not exactly sure even the character to this refers to. <laughs> it says the snooty girl has weird eighties underwear. The snooty girl is the blonde. Yeah. And she's the worst. And yeah. it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, I know this is a trope where you just like the hot girl, but right. she literally sucks. Yeah. Well, and yeah. And she's the worst. Yeah. She had weird underwear. Yeah. She had that like, you know, like 80s high waisted weird oh. underwear. Wait, high waisted? Or was it like. Like, high on both sides. Yeah, high on the side. Yeah. That's, that's like, if you look at like any like aerobic, aerobic size. Wait, aerobic size? Aerobics? <laughs> no one help her. Oh, no. no jazzercise, jazzercise. Aerobic size. Oh, my God. All right. Um, other 80s tropes uh, from this movie kegs rock. <laughs> yeah, well, kegs rock. Kegs rock. It's a really big thing for teenagers and teen movies. Kegs are awesome. I've been to like two keg parties ever yeah, in I my feel life. Like we, you said that while we were watching this. You yeah. were like, I never bought a keg. I, I do wish I will buy a keg for a party, but like, <sighs> yeah, I've only been to like two parties where that's an option. I think people like the variety in beer and the fact that beer is that is such a portland you grew up in portland like <laughs> but only in portland is there like we don't have a keg we have a selection of different ipas well also like <laughs> we got like a fucking keg of natty ice and called it a day yeah i mean we've all had 
you know, the little spurts from the keg where it's all foamy, though. Of course. You that's a, But you've got to go through that as a teenager. Yeah. Um, anyway, the 80 synth music in this movie is absolutely horrible. Oh, it's rough. Horrible. Uh, other 80s boof. things. Boof. <laughs> <laughs> other 80s things the, they they women wrestle in shaving cream at the party yeah apparently uh also blondes are hot brunettes friend zone yeah you yeah, know definitely um and of course if the, you think that changes in the 90s you got another thing coming to you yeah, that they still true. were trying to make that happen whoever were the big leaders at the time were clearly blonde like people trying to steer blondes aren't Sorry, all Watch blondes it. listening. Careful. You're just not oh. as good looking. I mean, I know you like brunettes because I am who I am. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, the last 80s trope I have here is something that continues into the 90s and into Airbud, and that is single parent household. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a movie trope. Single dad, parent, or whatever, like Free Willy. And well, actually, no, Karate Kid had the single mom. And yep. Free Willy had no parents. Had no parents. But like, yeah. What is up with that? Oh, um, uh, it's a shortcut for sympathy. That way you don't have to make a character that's sympathetic in another way. They can just be a, they just have misfortune on them because they have one parent. Never ending story. That's also, it usually explains like why they've moved or like, (laughs) you know, like there's always this like great plot reason why someone should be dead. They didn't mention. Now, there's one thing that we have to mention because the viewers at home slash listeners want to know. And that's just like the van surfing thing. Right. Like that's like the thing everyone remembers about this movie. Here's what I will say. They they got the Beach Boys music. They shelled yeah. out for the Beach Boys music, which yeah. makes sense because the rest of the music budget was nil so with bad. all that synth. <laughs> so much terrible synth. Yeah. Well, what I found out was that that scene was based on something that one of the writers did in college yeah. with the, their friends or whatever. But yeah, van surfing. <laughs> so strange. Surf's up. Surf's up. Uh, yeah. And I saw a lot of like Party interest- at the Wolf Tower. <laughs> What's funny is I felt like there were a lot of things in here that I was like, whoa, this reminds me of Back to the Future. But Back to the Future came out around the exact same time. But yeah. it's like the so it's not like they were referencing it. Right. You know, right. like the prince, the the like old principal, like with Michael J. Fox specifically in the hallway yeah. being like, I know kids like you. You're bad news. Clean yeah. up your act or you'll end up like your father. Right. 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 <laughs> And then, like, there's the dance, and like the principal walks in, all like I don't know. It's just like all the same shit. Um. So yeah. Hey. Teen Wolf. Teen Werewolf. (laughs) Boof. Boof. (laughs) Boof. Indeed. I give this thing uh, two howls at the moon out of two. Yeah. I give this thing three boofs out of three, and I give it. (laughs) Four big old werewolf slam dunks out of five. Wow. That's, wait a minute. We did not even talk, sorry, this is important. We didn't really talk about the basketball in this movie. Like, this movie is a basketball movie. Is a basketball movie, first and foremost. And I'm like embarrassed that we didn't even talk about that. It's so funny that it is a werewolf movie secondary to how much basketball happens. This movie has very little to do with werewolves and very much about basketball. Here's, Here's kind of a good like pivot point too with the basketball here is like, 
I predicted about Airbud that we'd see a ton of dog hitting the ball yeah. cut to the hoop. And that happens a ton in Teen Wolf. The basketball is worse in Teen Wolf with humans playing. Right. Because what we know now, <laughs> and I'm pivoting to Airbud now, the dog played basketball. Like the dog made the shots. There's you think the unbroken dog was like shots. trained. I don't think <laughs> I know and I have the research to back it up. Oh my god. The dog made the shots. I'm sure there's a couple that they cut. Well, let's like, get right in there, bud. Okay. I mean, we, it seems like we're there. Um yeah, and don't forget I do have my moral Okay, down. Yeah, yeah. So whenever you want that, let yeah, me know. Let's do that at the end, I think. Okay, so Rachel, just to like kind of touch on what we talked about in the dark. Um, no Michael Jordan we talked about. <laughs> no magic powder was dripped on a dog. Unfortunate. Was not, I, was, I was upset about that. Was not magically bestowed basketball powers. Unlike Teen Wolf, where he is actually magically bestowed basketball That's powers. Um, and well, does anyone Airbud defense? Does Airbud defend? No. You were like, have you heard of the Airbud defense? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of just the idea of like, you show me the rule where it says oh, a dog can't play basketball. Got it. Like the absence of a rule does not mean everything's allowed. Like, well, it doesn't <laughs> say in the rules I can't kill another player, you know, or whatever it is. <laughs> totally. All right. Also, what we learned is that the bad guy in Airbud was not Danny DeVito, but in fact, a very scary clown. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, yeah, let's get into it. Air Bud, released in 1997, filmed in one month. Wait, 87? Sorry. Air Bud, filmed in one month, released in 1997. One month? It was filmed in one month. But those basketball scenes are so good. I know. The dog knew what it was doing. I love to talk about this, though. 1997. Yeah. What a year. What a great year. What a great year. I graduated from high school uh, and went, you know, into my freshman year of college, 1997. Sam? Wow. I started first grade. Mm. All right. So. Um, <laughs> big year. Yeah, it was a big year. And I probably watched Air Bud in the following years, um, probably on VHS. But let's talk about, uh, I want to talk about Air Bud the movie first, Okay. Now, Airbud the movie, oh, we, we were kind of touching on it. The villain in this movie is a scary clown. He's an abusive, and according to Wikipedia, an alcoholic clown. Oh, my God. Yeah, he was terrifying. I When when this movie first started, I think I was, like, slightly too high. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this movie? Like, this is not, where's the magical dust? Like, this is terrifying. You also, Rachel, you have so much sympathy for a dog on screen. It's like, I do too, but you are like, no, like something yeah. bad is happening. I'm like, yeah, but it's a movie. Oh like, my God. That is my biggest takeaway. Like both of our, Sam and I watching this movie, were like, Rachel cannot watch movies about animals now that we have a dog. Yeah. Because every single thing that dog, like, like the way that that dog, like, makes like faces with his eyes like if he's sad like i'm just like oh like i couldn't i fully cried yeah and this is not a movie where the dog really even gets hurt <laughs> nothing bad happens to the dog the dog becomes a professional athlete oh he doesn't become a professional Whoa. athlete <laughs> middle school athlete uh, middle school athlete he saves the he saves the big game 
Yeah. All right. Uh, and so this movie is set in a fictional town called Fernfield, Washington, where anything is possible. I feel like these kinds of lessons were all throughout the 90s movies of like, you can be whatever you want to be, even if you are a dog and want to play basketball. Yeah. It explains so much about our generations, right? Yeah. Like, I'm Gen X, you're millennial. Yeah, yours is like fat shame, your fat fucking friend. <laughs> No. And mine's no. like, believe in dreams. Yours is like, you can be anything you want. Yeah. And, and like, dream big and then that's all you need. Yeah. And mine is like, if you're going to have great power, you better be responsible. Mm. Get a good job, <laughs> have a briefcase, and, and a 401k. Yeah. 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 Uh, I noticed in rewatching Airbud, there's like five scenes in this movie where an entire crowd of people lose their goddamn minds over a loose golden retriever. Okay. They always somehow like just end up falling on their ass. Like there's like, it happens so many times. I, that was my main takeaway yeah. from, from this movie is that people love two things, basketball and a chaotic dog scene. Yeah. There were so many, we were watching and we were like, okay, first off the first one of the movie, right? They're at right. about, they're at a birthday party. Yeah. Uh, crazy cake, <laughs> like cake falls over everything. Then like five minutes later, it's like dog chaos with paint cans and ladders yeah. and glue. Yeah. And then there's another one, like with the clown man in the mud. And like, there were so many of these. I was just like, I could hear the director going, hey, you know what? Can we put in another one of those <laughs> crazy dog um, scenes here where we just kind of like everything gets kind of chaotic? Also, it's just like Boof. everyone's like, whoa, whoa. And it's like, this is the friendliest dog in the world. It's a golden retriever. Oh, my God. Who plays basketball? And I've said many times that I think the golden retriever is one of mankind's greatest inventions. Like, it is just, like, the friendliest, <laughs> happiest dog. Yeah. So good. Eats his own poop. Yeah, well, you know, it's not a perfect invention. <laughs> I thought that Josh and Buddy's friendship was genuinely really sweet in this movie. Josh was the kid? Yeah. I was hard, It was hard for me to, like, uh, be cynical or find, a fu- like, a funny angle on it. So I just made a note that it's really sweet, and I was really touched by it. Yeah. Uh, that kind of culminates in my favorite scene in every dog movie, which is the get out of here. (laughs) You can't keep following me. You gotta go, buddy. Get on. Get. (laughs) Get. Go. Oh my God. I could watch just a montage of those scenes from all the different (laughs) dog movies. It's so funny. Oh my God. But that part broke my heart. Well, of course. Uh. That's what it does. And it's like, there's not a real reason. Like, I guess he's got to keep him safe. He's worried the clown guy's going to track him down. I don't know. But here's my big takeaway. There is so much less dog playing basketball than I remembered. (laughs) Oh, my God. More plot. I mean, he makes a couple shots throughout the movie, but I thought he joined the team like mid-season i thought he was the ringer you know what i feel like he joins the on the state championship game in the middle of the game they field a new player they fought they have a custom jersey ready to go that's k9 oh yeah um well yeah i also like that just reminded me that like i think something that was really surprising watching these two movies is like the plot is actually better in Airbud than Teen Wolf. Like I thought that was surprising. You think so? Yeah. 
Like it, I felt like it had more of an arc. It had more yeah, of like maybe. a beginning, middle, and end. Teen Wolf. I don't know. I think because the 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 clown kind of gives the plot like a real timer and a real like sense of like things could go bad. Like yeah. we could lose Air Bud, whereas like Teen Wolf is just him figuring it out. Now, do it, you? It sounds like you say Air Bud. I say Air Bud. Air Bud. Air Bud. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking about it too closely. <laughs> Boof. <laughs> um, and let's not forget. Oh, and I said there honestly might be more dog basketball in Teen Wolf. I think there is. If like minutes of dog playing basketball, I think there's more in Teen Wolf. Oh, I see. Michael J. Fox is yeah. the dog. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then let's not forget this movie ends in a trial. Well, that all, all... was shocking. Yeah. I was shaken to my core. Why? And it's like we go to trial and there's no Wait, lawyers. Right. How many movies have a like buzzer beater, like basketball shot to win the state championship and a courtroom scene? Like it is such like big. Also like the clown is dressed as a clown. Like in court like right. dude come on right put, put on it's, put on a suit it's so silly it's so silly i could not believe it went to court yeah that was insane yeah so rage how did this movie line up with your expectations of Airbud? do you think like i said i think i, I was pleasantly surprised yeah. i was very <laughs> stoned yeah and emotional As, i was I'll, so emotional yeah. i I just, I loved the dog so much. I love when he was, um, when the little boy was putting up like lost dog signs and the dog was taking them down. Yeah. I, my heart. Oh, so, and how the dog was so smart. He would like climb up the trellis yeah. and go into the room and hide under the, anyway, it was just so cute. Uh, my overall observation is I thought this movie was an ad for pudding snacks. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of, there is a snacks. lot of, uh, from what I read on the internet, a lot of damage control Disney had to do of like, don't feed your dog pudding. No way. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's oh, not like geez. too harmful for a dog, but it will make them. Make smelly farts. So don't feed your dog pudding snacks. Oh my gosh. I um I liked it. I was surprised at how good the basketball was. Yeah. Like that was something I don't know if we talked about this, that like, you know, Teen Wolf is about teenagers playing basketball and this is about middle schoolers. And somehow the basketball scenes, like just the sport I love a sports movie. Mm-hmm. And the sports scenes were better in Airbud <laughs> yeah. than they were in Teen Wolf. Yeah. yeah which was were. pretty funny. Um, well, you're not the only one who was pleasantly surprised. Airbud did pretty well. It was it was shot for three million dollars and then made like thirty three million dollars. Nice. So did pretty well in U.S. and Canada. Uh, so much so that it spurred on multiple sequels, an entire Airbud franchise. Rachel, I want you to guess how many movies there are in the entire Airbud cinematic universe. Oh my god! Well, I would have said two, but uh, now I'm going to say five. The correct answer is fourteen. What? <laughs> there are fourteen now. No, there are five proper dog play sports movies. Okay, okay. so Airbud included. There are five of those. There are seven of what we call Air Buddies films. And these are about Airbud's puppies who go on adventures and they're like voice dubbed. Oh, and they're they just like children f- fodder. I mean, only two of these got theatrical releases, everything else straight to video. Got it. 
And then there were two Christmas spinoffs as well. Okay? So I'm going to play a little game with you, Rachel, uh, where I'm going to name the sport, and you have to tell me the punny sequel subtitle for the Airbud movie. So here's an example of one that's not real. I just had to come up with an example. If the sport was horse racing, uh, the punny sequel title might be the Cunpuppy Derby. Okay. Okay. So, Airbud the Ken Puppy Derby, right? Oh my gosh. All right. So, what do you think the sequel title for the uh, actual movie where Airbud plays football, American mm-hmm. football? Okay. Uh, it's called <laughs> Wiener Goes Long. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a wiener dog. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, how about like? Uh, I will say it is about, about a, the kind of dog he is. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, golden retrieve that basketball. Oh, very close. Airbud golden receiver. Oh, damn. I should have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. All that right. One's obvious. All right. This one I think is also possibly gettable, and that is when Airbud plays soccer. What is the punny sequel subtitle? Okay, uh, punny subtitle for soccer mm-hmm. dog. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, head to head, like. The correct answer is Airbud World Pup instead of oh, World Cup. Damn it! And this Josh discovers Buddy's ball playing skills apply to soccer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That is handy. What happens when Buddy plays? Baseball, Rachel? What is it called? Oh, my God. Um, first Pup Man. <laughs> it is Airbud seventh inning fetch. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Buddy makes the baseball team and becomes a star, star player. No, Josh isn't even around anymore, I guess. I don't know. And then the last it's one. Be getting old. Volleyball. Okay. Uh, uh, what is it? They say, like. Bump set spike yes, is what you're looking for. Right. Yeah. Uh, bump set spike the dog. Yeah, it's not far off. Airbud spikes back. Oh my god, I got yeah. the word spike in there. Yeah, nicely well, done. If you were playing the same game at home, how many did you get? <laughs> well, yeah. So those those are hilarious. I love to think about uh, a dog playing all these sports. I have not seen these. I might have seen Golden Receiver. I think that one had a, re- a, a theatrical release yeah. Um, in 1998, but I don't know about that. Yeah. Now I want to, we've talked about Airbud the movie, but I want to talk to you about Airbud the dog. Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Buddy was found by Kevin DeCicho as a stray dog in the Sierra Nevada in the summer of 1989. Hmm. This dog For real? was a stray dog. That's insane. And was adopted. Um, he was a golden retriever, obviously, Receiver. and brought him home to Sa- San Diego, where he trained him in the sports of basketball, baseball, football, soccer, and hockey. What? Hockey? Uh, and uh, he was touted as the Michael Jordan of dogs. Okay? I believe it. He got his first appearance on a little show called America's Funniest Home Videos. One of our favorite shows. One of our favorites. He then gained further fame on David Letterman's Stupid Pet Tricks, appearing three times on the program. 
Wow. Airbud was also featured in an episode of Full House. <laughs> he was on Full House, starred in two major motion pictures, and was nominated for a Kids' Choice Award. Wow. No. You should be outraged. He was nominated for a Kids' Choice Award? <laughs> he didn't as win? soon as I said that, I went, who won? And it's hilarious. <laughs> he lost to Salem... The animatronic talking cat from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. That's insane. That's a, that's that is terrible. That's a robot Rip cat off. with a human voice. Yeah. And in the world of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, he also used to be a person. Like that's that's messed this up. This is a dog that made real baskets, and we're giving an award to a robot cat. I'm <laughs> sorry, Kids Choice Awards. Do better. Do better. <laughs> Um, Buddy also sired nine puppies and lived a full and happy life before losing a battle to cancer just a few (gasps) days before his 10th birthday. Oh, my gosh. I cannot believe. So I guess the audition process for this movie was pretty easy. They already had a dog that could play basketball. Did they write the script specifically for this dog? They wanted to do it CGI. And then, like, oh. one of the directors was like, no, we're not. We're getting a real dog to play basketball. <laughs> but And I'm so glad they did because this movie was so watchable. And all the basketball shots are really good. Yeah. So a little bit of what Air Bud means to me. <laughs> uh, I loved this movie as a kid. I love any uh, movie where the idea of animals being equal to humans is very valued. Yeah. And anything being possible. These are the two types of things I really wanted to hear as a kid. Um, Especially as a kid who moved schools in the Pacific Northwest and who owned a golden retriever. That's right. My family had a golden retriever growing up. But he only played violin. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, His name was Rocket. I loved him very much. Could he play basketball? No. Did I dress him up in sports clothes? Yes. Of course. Yes, you have to. Um, We also played baseball in my backyard. We called it Rocket Ball. Okay. Aw. Because Rocket was second base. My dog was second base. So (laughs) what would happen is you'd hit the ball and then second base would go chasing after the ball. And then you'd have to try to get the ball, but then second base would be running away from you. And it just made the sport of baseball really fun. I think if the bases moved, the MLB would have a lot more viewership. Yeah, for sure. Especially if the bases were as adorable as my dog, Rocket. (laughs) Uh, This movie just reminds me of just like, I don't know, that sweet, simple childhood uh, with underdog sports, dogs, and people losing their absolute fucking minds over the <laughs> friendliest dog in the world. Aww. Earbud. Well, I think that um, yeah, we should probably talk about the overlap between these two movies. Oh, well, first, oh, I do want to hear your moral oh, of yes. Airbud. What I wrote down as the moral for Airbud is... We could all learn from this dog. He loves the game, not the scoreboard. Play from the heart, like the dog. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. And that, you know, comes from the wise old man who is the middle school engineer. (laughs) Because every middle school has an NBA player. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, who, by the way, I love that character, and I love that he was the new coach who like came in and to teach them teamwork, oh, yeah. team 
Whoa. To teach them teamwork, he had them play with an imaginary ball. That's yeah. something this improv teacher loves. I, it's the only note I accidentally skipped over. I said, new coach uses invisible ball. It always sticks with me. Um, I'm sure that's a sports movie trope and many other things. It's like, you don't get to earn the ball. You have to first, like, you know, go through the motions. Um this movie has so many great tropes. I mean, it ends in a yeah. I mean, scene. there's like it's so oh, wait, fun. Can we talk about? I love. There's this one character on the middle school team. This kid yeah. who like he's always um, eating. Like he always has food from a famous basketball player. Oh, he always just has gross stuff. Gross from, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, that's funny. Here's like he's really superstitious. Gum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Was, that was great. That is funny. Um, yeah, so let's talk the overlap. Obviously, we got dogs playing basketball. Yeah, and in general, it just kind of made me ask the question, when did basketball get so huge? And when was basketball at its biggest in the United States? I feel like it was like, during the like dream team days, like that's of course when mm -hmm. I would think basketball was at its biggest. Um, but I don't know, like basketball is life. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm sure that makes more money now and there's technically more viewers now or something like that. But in terms of like cultural domination, basketball definitely in the early nineties was so huge. Yeah. And that's like Michael Dream Jordan, Team. Dream Team, Larry Bird. Yeah, you got yeah. Charles I think Gordon. it was like it very popular in the late seventies through the eighties. Like it was gaining popularity, yeah. but when it hit that peak, I think it was the early nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so overlap between these two movies, of course, you got the classic trope: one parent household. Yeah. Um, I like how the team in Airbud is called the Timberwolves, yeah. and then you have like a Go wolf Timbers. movie. So, yeah. Um, I also thought it was funny that, like, so it both movies were about hairy dog creatures being surprisingly good at sports, mm -hmm. but that that being good at sports uh, makes other people like them when they first started out as, like, the sad outsider. Right, right. I feel like I didn't say that very well, but you know what I'm saying. No, yeah, I got you. Yeah, the sad outsider gains public acceptance through them excelling at basketball yeah which with the with the dog like makes sense but with like a, a wolf is strange <laughs> a human werewolf is weird yeah. but hey, hey like i said people are horny for weird stuff <laughs> <laughs> so wow that kicks wow. off season two wow of sam and rachel's generation gap podcast yeah i certainly feel closer to you rachel i know that you're coming from a real horny for dog place <laughs> and I'm coming from a real like you got to play with an invisible basketball place right yeah I feel good about it too okay oh, Denise, God, Denise. Yeah, wow please have a lozenge and yeah drink some tea Jeez. and put down the meatballs <laughs> all right well before we go we have to do your favorite segment and mine the, the Hattel All right, the hat of time. What is the hat of time, you may ask? Well, the hat of time is a magical hat. And inside it has significant cultural events that occurred between mm, 1996 and 2008, a.k.a. our generation gap. Uh, so let's hear 
from the two of us about how old we were and how these events affected our lives. All right, why don't you dip your hand there into the magical hat of time? Oh, this time is magic and scientific. And here I've got the death of George Harrison. <gasps> Ooh, boo doo dee doo. Well, the death of George Harrison. Yeah. Now, Rachel, mm-hmm. how were you in? Did you know when George Harrison died? Was it an event for you? Uh, no, <laughs> I was just going to say, uh, that sounds like something that would probably affect you greatly. Cause you sort of like discovered the Beatles around the time that he died, right? Like, no, he died in 2001. Yeah. Well, I thought you, that's when you got really into the Beatles was like high school and stuff. No. Yes. But. In 2001. Oh, you were in middle school. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was in elementary school. All right, so why don't we start with you, Sam? Okay. What about your feelings about George Harrison? I, you know, I didn't know the name too much. I, I, people had told me that one of the Beatles had died, you know, and I knew that one of them was already dead at that time. John Lennon, of course. Um, and so it didn't. It didn't like totally break my heart. I mean, I had sympathy for the world's pain, but me and myself didn't have too much of a relationship. But now I fucking love George Harrison. George Harrison is one of uh, one of his songs was featured very prominently at our wedding and not the one you're probably thinking. <laughs> um, but yeah. like I, I, I love George Harrison and I love the Beatles so much that, it you know, it, I'm I'm happy that our lives overlapped at all even if I couldn't really truly appreciate the the gravity of his death. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to be honest, I don't have any solid memories related to it, but I do like what you brought up, which is that George Harrison sings the song, I Got My Mind Set On You, which is, it's not, not just a song that we entered in at our wedding, but also uh, as Sam and Rachel comedy, it's the song that we enter in. Yeah, uh, It's always playing when we start any of our improv shows or any live, live performances as well. So thank you, George Harrison. I've got my mind set on you. And I've got my mind set on another episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap coming up soon. I'm so glad we're back. Uh, This is very exciting. Uh, For anyone listening, currently, we need more Hat of Time events. Our magical hat is starting to get depleted. That's right. The magic is dying, and (laughs) only you can help us out. Only your wishes, comments, and posts of suggestions for other events that happened between 1996 and 2008. Pop culture events, anything famous people, shout them out to us on social media. Uh, Send us an email, all that good stuff. Uh, Thank you so much for listening, and don't forget to buff the woof. Boof. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sam and Rachel Comedy. And if you like the show, please rate us highly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap is produced by Sam DeRose and Rachel Rosenthal with editing from Jack Barton. Our music is by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Our artwork is by Aaron Maybe Designs. And the snuggles are provided by Rosie the Galga. Mm-hmm.